Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. It's time for another edition of the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Walter Storholt here alongside David Dickens, President and Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors in Kansas City with an office directly in Overland Park. You can find us online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. And today is the conclusion of our series on the three things you must understand if you are retiring in three to five years. In part one, we talked about taxes in retirement. Part two was about estate planning, pre-retirement, some of the things to be aware of, wills, trusts, if you've ever had questions about those, be sure to go check out part two of this conversation in the previous episode. And now here in episode 134, it's the conclusion of the series. And David, we're talking about how long our money can last, or as you said at the end of the last episode, when can I retire is maybe the simplest way to put it. Yeah, and that seems to be, that's kind of the underlying question with a lot of people who come to see us for the first time. And so, you know, one of our earliest jobs is to figure out for ourselves and for them. So how are you situated? And when is a good time for you to step away from work, at least financially? That doesn't necessarily mean, you know, emotionally or for your mental well-being, but we can certainly look at it from a financial standpoint. And I think it's really, really important to have done that analysis. If you're three to five years from retirement, kind of would have been nice to have done that two or three years ago. But frankly, good for you if you're doing it now instead of when you turn 65 and thinking, I still don't know. Yeah, it's a great point because uh, the earlier you start planning on these things, David, the better in shape you'll be, right? Exactly. So there are, there are certain things. In fact, the second half of, of the podcast today is going to answer the question, well, what if I find myself behind in this plan? And so well, the first part, we're just going to cover kind of the basics of, well, how do you know if your money's going to last? What are the key inputs? And what are the kind of the big unknowns? And then we'll get to what if I'm, what if I'm behind in my, in my saving, investing, and planning. Okay. Let's start at the, the beginning. Yeah. How, how do you know if you can? There's a quote that I've, I don't know when I became aware of it. I think it's attributed to Ben Franklin, but it was basically this. There are two paths to wealth. You can earn more or you can spend less. But the fastest way to get there is to do both at the same time. And so if you're listening to this podcast and you find yourself in your 20s or 30s or 40s, this is super timely advice because earning more a lot of times has to do with working on your career uh, and lily padding your way across toward a successful career and a, and a successful retirement. Uh, spending less is, you know, that's always a good idea. That doesn't mean you live like a pauper, but you just want to make sure that you're always living within your means. But when you're in your 60s, instead of uh, earning more and spending less, what it might mean is working a little bit longer and clearly understanding what you're spending. So that working a little bit longer, I'm going to double back to here in just a minute. But I thought right now we just kind of go through the outline of answering the question, how long will my money last? How do I know that? And how do I get a comfortable feeling? So there are really three big inputs to determining. If you're 60, you're probably, the statistics would say you're going to last to at least 85 years old. Well, that's 25 years in retirement, which is almost as long as you've spent working. 
And so you want to make sure that you have sources of income. So the three things you main inputs you need. First one is, well, how much guaranteed monthly income do you have? And when I say guaranteed, what I mean is social security, maybe for a spouse, if you have one and for you, any pension money that you might have from your current or prior employer, and then any annuities that might have lifetime income benefits could be variable annuities or fixed indexed annuities, but any of these things that provide income as long as you're around, that's what I consider guaranteed monthly income. Some of them are going to have a cost of living increase. Usually that's just social security. But if you happen to be a Missouri teacher, well, you get a cost of living increase with your pension and that's a sweet thing. And then annuities, most of which don't come with increases for inflation, but some do. So the first thing you need to figure out is how much guaranteed monthly income do I have? The second thing you want to figure out, and it my preference is to have it in some level of detail, is how much are your monthly expenses? And then how much is inflation going to play in over that? Now, we've all kind of been lulled to sleep over the last decade or two with super low inflation. But honestly, when you go in and look at a, these days, a gallon of gasoline, but uh, a gallon of milk or gosh, the price of meat, uh, that's going up way more than one or 2%. We don't exactly know what expenses are going to look like 10 or 15 years from now. But we've mentioned on these podcasts before, there's something called the rule of 72. And the rule of 72 helps you estimate how fast something will double. So how fast will the cost of your monthly expenses double? So what you do is if you say, well, I think inflation is uh, the stuff I buy is going to be about 3% a year. You divide 72 by three and that's 24. So that the stuff you buy is going to double in price in 24 years if inflation is 3%. So if you're 65 right now, the stuff you buy is going to double by the time you're 89. It's a helpful rule of thumb as you're building in the costs of your retirement because you've got to be pretty certain that those things aren't going to get less expensive over time. They're going to get more. And if your guaranteed monthly income doesn't have a cost of living increase, but your expenses do increase over time, you're going to increase the gap, the negative gap probably, between what you have in guaranteed sources and what it costs you to live. How you make up the difference is the third piece. How much do you have in investments? That's usually your 401k or your 403b or your IRA. Whatever you've accumulated for yourself over time, that's going to be the pot of money that you use to supplement your guaranteed monthly income to meet how much you need to spend every month. And one of the big keys there is to estimate how much those investments are going to earn over time. A couple of weeks ago, we did a, a topic similar to this. And frankly, Walter, now I can't remember the, the name of that episode. But what I cautioned our listeners to do is to make sure that when they get into these models that are online, that they don't use 8 or 9 or 10% as the, as the annual increase for your investments. Because if you if you annualize that over 20 years, you're going to have more money than Bill Gates. You're going to get a false sense of security if you use that high of a number. But you are going to put an input in that says, well, here's how much my investments are going to grow over time. And that's going to help me fill this gap between my guaranteed monthly income and my monthly expenses. Helpful to kind of start breaking this down into smaller bite-sized pieces because you know, a broader question, David, like, you know, how is my money going to last 30 or 40 years? 
there's a lot of complexity to then answering that. So I'm enjoying breaking this down into more bite-sized pieces. I think that'll be helpful for a lot of folks. Yeah. So if you go to a a firm like ours, this is is what we do. But if you're a do-it-yourselfer, they're just a a number of moving parts that you're going to want to identify and somehow try to build into your planning tool to make sure that you don't, that you have a, a sense of, a real sense of security instead of a false sense of security. And sometimes a false sense of security can come from ignoring a couple of big unknowns. So I'm going to mention two of them here. You know, there are more and each individual is different. But the first one is, how long am I going to live? Because if you're 65, do you plan for 20 years or 35 years? So are you going to live to your life expectancy or might you live to 100? It's amazing. Walter, you look around the people you know. I know so many people whose parents are now in their late 80s or early 90s where that used to be pretty unusual. Or the folks that made it to that age were pretty not mobile. Um, you know, they were they you could tell they had really slowed down a lot. I know a lot of uh, upper 80s and low 90s folks now who are still driving, still active, still exercising, still uh, able to attend family functions, and for the most part, still very independent. Absolutely. I, I'm related to one. <laughs> My mother turns 90 this this fall, and she still drives her own car. She lives independently. She's awesome, and she doesn't appear to be anywhere close to 90 years old. I was at a wedding shower over the weekend, this past weekend, and was there with a 91-year-old mother of a friend of ours. And she looked fantastic. So, But her husband was deceased. My father's deceased. So just because one of you may only live into your 70s or 80s, one of you is likely to live pretty far along. And that is when your planning process needs to take in the possibility that one of you might live into their 90s or maybe to 100. That's a different proposition, especially when you think about how expenses grow in the rule of 72. What are those expenses going to cost you 35 years from now and not just 15 or 20 years from now? So the big unknown is how long will I or my spouse live? And that would, if we knew that, then the planning process would be really simple because we'd know exactly when that money could run out because we'd know when you're leaving us, but we don't know that. The second one, and and it's even scarier for a lot of people because The question is, am I going to be in good health or bad health? And usually the thing that comes to mind is some sort of dementia or Alzheimer's where you're at least going to need in-home care. You might need assisted living or nursing care. And that's when the planning becomes yet trickier. In Missouri or Kansas right now, assisted living or, you know, more higher end or nursing care costs about eighty to $90,000 a year. If you're 60 today, using the rule of 72, and let's just say that these expenses increase at 5% annually. Well, they are going to, at 5%, those are going to double in a a little less than 15 years. So let's just call it $80,000 a year. If you're 60 today, by the time you're 80, that nursing care cost is going to be right around $200,000 a year. That doesn't mean, in the planning process, that doesn't mean you're going to spend that, but it means you might want to consider the probability that you're going to need to spend it on one of you or both of you. So I think the statistics would tell you that 60% of Americans are going to need some sort of assisted living. 
And as we live longer and longer, that's probably a percentage that's going to go up. So I would encourage you, if you're a strong do-it-yourselfer, or if you're working with an advisor right now, just to make sure to ask the question, have I built in some probability that one of the two of us, if you're married, one of the two of us is going to need some sort of assisted care? What will that do to our financial plan? So that's what I would say is the crux of the how long will my money last discussion. You really need to have a pretty darn good plan to give yourself the confidence that the money we have is going to last as long as we do. So that's kind of the first piece of this discussion. And I, I promised a second piece, but I think that's, that's how you, you get to the point of saying, am I on schedule or am I behind? So we've sort of got that. You're ready to retire if you can answer that question about knowing how long your money is going to last, because then you know the date that you can pull the trigger and all those kinds of things. Exactly. That's a financial decision. When you want to retire, maybe a totally different decision, but your financial decision should be fairly straightforward once you have gone through that rather detailed exercise. Well, let's say those things don't match, David. We want to retire at 65, but the math isn't in our favor. We're behind. What can we do in those cases? So I mentioned earlier the, the Ben Franklin quote where, um, you know, you can either earn more or spend less, but doing both at the same time is the fastest route to wealth. But when you're 60 or 63 or 65, earning more just might not be a realistic possibility. However, working an extra year or two can make a really big difference in the quality of your retirement. So there was a study done, I think it was in 2018, by the National Bureau of Economic Research. And it basically said that working an extra six months boosts retirement income by as much as increasing your retirement contributions by 1% over the last 30 years of your retirement. So let me say that slightly differently. Instead of working to 66, you work until 67. And for that extra year of work, you double the benefit if you were to just increase your retirement contribution from age 36 to 66 by 1%. In other words, going from, say, 7% of your income to saving 8% of your income. That extra year of work makes a dramatic difference in the financial quality of your retirement. Pretty big, significant difference. So follow Ben Franklin's advice. (laughs) So follow Ben Franklin's advice. And the research that this group did found several main reasons for the benefit that you get from delaying retirement. One is that each extra month that you work gives you an opportunity to save more into your 401k or your IRA. The second is that each additional month you work is one less month where you're going to be depending on withdrawals from those same accounts. What their research came up with is that the most important reason was waiting until 67 boosts your Social Security income payment by 8%. So here's the example. You see a lot of this on the internet, and it's actually, it's actually true uh, about waiting if you can for Social Security. So Let's say that your Social Security check is going to be 2500 bucks a month. If you wait, that goes up by 8% to 2700 bucks a month. So that's 30000 a year versus 32400 a year. Plus, Social Security has a cost of living adjustment 
each year in those future years. So you have a bigger starting amount being increased by that cost of living increase. So one level of finer detail on that, Walter, you're acquainted, we've discussed it on this show with the 4% rule. Yep. There are a lot of rules in finance, but the 4% rule basically says, whatever your retirement nest egg is, if you want to make sure you don't run out of money, you shouldn't take out more than 4% of it each year. So a million bucks, you should start your retirement with $40,000 coming out of that. So what I did was look at that extra amount of social security income, 30,000 versus 32,400. And you say, well, Dave, that's only 2,400 bucks a year. Well, if you use the 4% rule, that 2,400 a year is like you putting an extra 60 grand in your 401k during that last year of work, because 4% of 60 grand is 2,400 bucks. So you're unlikely to put an extra 60 grand in your 401k between age 66 and 67. And if you do, that's awesome. But just by working that extra year, you increase your social security income as if you had put an extra 60,000 into your 401k. Well, if you're further behind than you wish you were, well, maybe you work till age 68, or maybe you take part-time work between 67 and 70. There are a lot of different ways to skin that cat if you find yourself behind. But what you really want to do is make sure that if you feel behind, you don't ignore the problem. Because usually problems that get ignored don't get any better. They just get worse. So if you can identify the problem and measure the problem, then I think you'll draw a lot of confidence out of finding out that if you do this, you'll get that. And if you do this, you'll get that. And at least in my experience and the experience I've had with my clients, with this type of knowledge comes the confidence that you want to start out your retirement with. Not a bunch of questions, but a high level of confidence. So, Walter, that's kind of my, uh, my look at how you want to make sure that, that your money will last. The key takeaways, as I look back over you know, the last 20 minutes and what we've discussed, I think the key takeaways are these. If you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s, save at least 10% of what you make every year. And if you can't do that, well, start with what you can do and increase that percentage every, every year. And also don't forget about controlling expenses because the more you control your expenses, the more you have left over that you will be able to save that big money for retirement. That may not make you wealthy, but it will certainly make you well off. If you find yourself in your 60s and you're worried, well, figure it out now before you turn another year older. Get a plan, work out the details. You will either be confident or you'll be nervous. If you're confident, then congrats. Work as long as you want to, not because you need to. If you're nervous, reduce your spending, increase your savings rate, and work an extra year or two or three as long as it takes you to have the plan that you want to enter retirement with. Well, I hope that this entire series has been helpful for folks. The three things you must understand if you're retiring in three to five years, and we covered a lot of ground these past three episodes. So if for some reason you just happened to start on this one, this was part three, uh, there's two others before this, definitely go check them out. Episode 132 and 133. 
all leading you then into this final episode, 134. We covered taxes and retirement in the first one, estate planning in the second one, and of course, knowing how long your money will last or when you can retire being the central question of this episode. And lots of great information to absorb and learn from this series, and I hope it was helpful for folks out there. If you've got any questions for David and you want to come in for a review of your plan, you can go through the complete planning review process, the CPR process, with David and the team at KC Financial Advisors. Or if you just have a simple question, you can always reach out as well to ask those. 913-317-1414 is the number, 913-317-1414. 1414, or you can go online to CoverYourAssetsKC.com. That's CoverYourAssetsKC.com. And we'll put a link in the description of today's show for you to be able to find that very easily. David, thanks for the help and the guidance through these uh, these three episodes and this great conversation about understanding important things before we retire. And uh, can't wait to see what you've got cooked up for us next time. Well, yeah, next time we're actually going to do some uh, listener questions because the first two episodes have actually generated some um, some interest and some pretty good listener questions. So we're going to we're going to knock out some listener questions next time related to this three-part series. So hopefully that um, will be super interesting for our listeners. Fantastic. If you want to squeeze in a question to maybe be featured on that episode or a future one, you can always uh, email David, ddickens at kcfa.com ddickens at kcfa.com or just contact us through one of the other methods we talked about or drop a drop a line through the website and uh, we might be able to feature your question on a future show that'd be fun david appreciate it and uh, we'll talk to you next week sounds great thanks walter all right that's david dickens i'm walter storholt we'll talk to you next time right back here on cover your assets kc Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and KC Financial Advisors are independent of each other.